0: Okay, happy, happy Wednesday, everyone. Good. Um, Yom Ravi. This week's Parsha is Parshas Chukas. Parshas Chukas is the Parsha of the of the the Red Hafer. If anyone read the for all of those, all of you who read the email, and I asked my little question in the email, why is this week's parsha theme red? And the answer is because it's the parsha of the red hafer of the Para Duma, and I am a yeshiva guy who is not very well versed in the English, uh, high English language. And I never knew that a heifer was just a fancy word for a cow. A female cow? I think that's the whole thing. I thought a heifer was this fancy thing. Either way, it's a cow. And anyway, it was a red cow. So basically we have a special mitzvah of the red cow. Now this mitzvah is not is not um, um, called the mitzvah of the red cow per se. When the Torah introduces the mitzvah, the Torah introduces the parsha, the Torah says, God tells Moshe, saying, I'm sorry, I skipped the line. by HaShem al Moshe el-Aaron Lima God tells Moses and Aaron, saying, Zos chukas ha-Torah. This is the decree of the Torah. So now, before we um, jump along, the word, the word chukas ha-Torah, Zos chukas ha this is on one right of the top of page 838, 839 in the art School Blue, art School Chumash, the word chukas means the chok, the um, commandment, so to speak, that is not understood. It's not understood in a, in a human um, capacity by anyone, perhaps besides for Moshe himself, who um, acquired the knowledge directly from Hashem Himself. But for all of us, we do not have any understanding of the of the of the uh, mitzvah of paraduma. And the Gemara, the Talmud, tells us not necessarily the entire mitzvah, rather specifically the one specific detail in the mitzvah, which is the the idea that when the person who sprays the ashes, um, he becomes impure himself while the other person becomes pure. So basically the basic framework of the commandment is, Take the red hay the cow, we slaughter it, we burn it, and take the ashes, mix it with water, we dip it into a thingy, a little um um little uh tube, and we uh and we and we it onto a person who is impure, a person who is tume mace, a person who is impure because of contact with a dead body. And there's nothing wrong with a dead body, it is a spiritual impurity, which we will not get into now, but the basic idea is that. When a person comes into contact with a dead body, he becomes spiritually impure. Spray the person, day three, day seven, different laws. And the person that switches the water and the ash mixture, he becomes impure. So the fact that it's like a reversed um, system over here, that is not um, understood by any human being. science promotion. Even Shlomo HaMelech himself, even King Solomon, had no understanding had did not have a clear understanding of the mitzvah of the mitzvah of, of Parduma or this specific aspect of the red cow whatever Parduma okay fine this is all good so far so good I, I'm pretty sure I didn't blow anyone away yet you We know, all knew this information okay so now, Here's the question. The pasuk says as follows: "Zos chukas the Torah." This is the decree of the Torah, right in the second verse, verse number base, verse number two. This is the decree of the Torah. This is the chok of the Torah. Now, if I was God, which I am certainly not, but if I was God, I would have wrote written "Zos chukas ha hapara." This is the Chok, this is the, the decree of the cow, or ha tahara. this is the Chok, the decree of the purity process, purifying process, or zos chukas HaTama, the impure, whatever, some, why does the Torah say zos chukas this is the Chok, the decree of the Torah, that's a good question, right? No, anyone have a good answer for me? That's a good question, right? So I didn't make up this question. Did anyone have a good answer for me? I want to hear anyone anyone give their suggestions. To a good answer to this question. No answer. Silence. Radio silence, okay? Maybe maybe we'll, we'll offer $100 on a charity campaign to anyone who gets the right answer. Oh, and everyone's starting to think. Okay. So... Again I'm I'm going to have to I'm cutting the class short so I'm going to try to to get get this very clear but the basic idea is as follows The Torah is trying to tell us something very fascinating and this idea is probably the most fundamental idea in all of Jewish thought. Now, there's don't get me wrong, there's plenty of other fundamental ideas, and this is a very, very general idea. But this idea, again, I, I, I hate to, to, to try to cut this short, but this idea has the most important um um has a grounding in Judaism, is the most important idea that's grounded, built into the Judaism, is built to this thought, which is as follows. We know that we're human. We all know we're human. Okay. I think, I hope, right? Can we get a raise of hands? How many of us think we're not humans? Okay, good. No, uh, Leslie's not sure. Leslie, 50 50. But most of us are humans. Okay. And we all know that we have limited amounts of of capabilities. We are not perfect, and we cannot understand everything. There will be someone who is better at us in almost every area in life, not necessarily one person. But there is someone in the world that is better than us in almost every single area in life. And if you happen to be the gold medalist in your whatever race, Olympics, whatever, so in the marathon, you'll have the one guy that's the fastest. In the 100-meter sprint, you'll have that guy. there's always someone, even as you narrow it down to a specific talent and a specific something, a specific field, even as you get very, very, very narrow and very, very limited, you still end up with almost always someone being above. Because we're humans and we're not perfect. There's no person that's beyond anything. We're all humans. Now, this comes to play. In intellectual wisdom as well, there's no one in this world that has complete understanding of the goings on the, the, uh, of the of the goings on in this world. We are all human. We all have the limited capabilities and the limited capacity of a human being because because we're all human. That's the idea. The Torah is highlighting the most fundamental idea. When it comes to Judaism, a lot of people have questions. And questions are good questions sometimes. Sometimes they're valid questions. Why does Hashem do this? Why does Hashem do that? If God is in the world and God runs the world, why is X, Y, and Z happening? Why did God bring the Holocaust? All these different questions. Tons of questions everyone asks. And the answer is sometimes, sometimes they have good answers, but sometimes there is no answer. Why? Not because there is no answer in truth, because God is perfect and there is an answer. But we are limited. We're humans. And we recognize sir, we're humans in every other area. And somehow, when it comes to Judaism, it's just not as easy to stomach. When it comes to God, sometimes we, we don't trust Him as much. We say, But I think I know everything. And why is God doing this? Right. When it comes to finances and stock market, we all can agree that there's some guy who knows better than us, and we're maybe playing with money when it comes to health we all trust in the doctor that knows better than us when it comes to Judaism it, it sometimes we always it hurts us if you're wondering why does Hashem let this happen why does Hashem let this happen and, I, and sometimes it hurts Sometimes there's no answer sometimes it's really painful sometimes it's really painful sometimes Hashem gives you a, a person a clap a real bang, whatever it is sometimes there's no answer sometimes we don't know after 120 there's always answers after 120 but like the famous uh, story i said over many times it's just such a good line that i like sharing it again and again and it goes as follows when there was a certain famous Hasidic rabbi hasidic rabbi who had a long long i don't remember which rabbi was but he had he lived to like 100 years old and someone once asked him what is your secret to long life he said like this that everyone has questions, everyone has tons of questions in life, tons of questions. So, what happens? Hashem says, Okay, fine, you have questions, come upstairs, I'll give you the answers. I told Hashem, I am not in a rush, I don't have any questions, I don't need any answers, I'm good. And Hashem said, Okay, Hashem kept me here for longer. So, again, I see the story whether it happened or not, it's a good lesson. The idea is that. We have to understand that Hashem runs the world. Okay, that's the first idea, the first thought we're talking about. The next thought is a very interesting story that happens in the parsha. Um, I know Mag there. a away in the non-air conditioned room. It's okay. Um, so in the middle of the parsha, Miriam passes away. Miriam was motion our sister. The well, the well, the Miriam was given over in her honor, in her, sorry, not her honor, in her merit. Okay. Later on, the the there's a very interesting passage, a very interesting verse, which is in verse I'm sorry, chapter twenty one, verse seventeen. So this is um, Parakh of Aleph, Pasuk Yud Zayin, verse seventeen. It is on page eight fifty two, eight fifty three. There's a whole story that I skipped. Very important stories, but we didn't have time for it. If anyone is able to look at the rest of the parsha, there's a lot of stuff in this week's parsha. One of the very, very packed parshas. Very interesting classic As Yashir Yisrael, then Israel sing this song. is on. er anula, come up a well, call it out. So how short can a short song be if a whatever that tongue twister was that I tried making up? So that tongue twister, if you count it, Alivir Anu La. Four words. Four words. Okay? Now, leaving out the whole idea that it was only four words, that was just a fun tongue twister that I decided to type out. But, just the general idea of this Of this um, song. Something very interesting to note from this song. Does anyone know. How the beginning. The first three or four words. Of the famous shira. The more famous song. The more famous shira. The shira that they sing. After the sea split. The sea split. The Jews walk through the sea. They come out. And they sing a song. Does anyone know what the first four words of the song are? On the computer, shout it out if you're not muted, and if you are muted, unmute yourself. Anyone know them? And so, don't be shy. I'm not going to bite you if you get it wrong. It's, it's Aja Shirmosha. Bingo! That's all I needed to hear. You got it right right away. Bingo, Alan. You get five stars. I'll donate fifty bucks onto your page if you have one. No, nope, no page. Okay. Oh well, call's is lost. I'll donate it in my page in your honor, and it'll get you embarrassed. I'll donate it in honor of Alan for getting the answer correct on the Parsha class quiz. It's good. I can do it. You let me do it. You're not going to, you're going to come next week if I do that? <laughs> okay. I'm going to do it. Okay. So, so here it goes. Um. Like Alan so beautifully said, and like Leslie was trying to say into his microphone that was turned off, um, "Az Yashir Moshe." This is the praise, the song of praise from Moshe. Okay, now I'll read you our verse again, and you'll notice what are the first three words of our verse: "Az Yashir Yisrael," the Jewish people. Moshe is missing. What happened to Moshe? Where did he go? Moshe went on a picnic. Where did he go? He went to the charity campaign. He was raising funds for the for the for the for the, base of Mikdash, for the temple. Where did he go? Where did Moshe go? So the answer is, there's many answers to this question. The answer is as follows. And we're going to end with this, this thought, which is a very powerful thought. Okay. How many people here, raise your hands, How many people here are breathing today with oxygen tanks? You can only breathe through an oxygen tank. Raise your hands. Okay, Baruch Hashem. I was getting nervous. That I, Baruch Hashem, no one. Amazing. Okay. How many people here thank Hashem this morning for the fact that they did not need to use the oxygen tank to breathe? How many people are in such pain just by sitting and lying in bed that they can't even roll over because they have a broken femur or insert any other ailment. How many of you? How many of us? I hope, I hope none of us. And if that's someone, then you can go back to the oxygen thing. How many of us thank Hashem this morning that our femurs are... Are, are here. And we can roll over in bed. We can climb out of bed. How many, I can I could go on forever, but the idea I think is very, very, very clear, is that sometimes we forget, sometimes we forget what Hashem gives us. And it's sometimes, it's really, really, really scary to remember that Imagine, there's the famous, um, it may not, I shouldn't say this on the air, it may not be a Jewish saying, it may be a non-Jewish saying, but it's just as powerful. Imagine if each one of us woke up in the morning with, only with the things that we thanked Hashem for yesterday. That's pretty rough, it's pretty rough. So, is it so... Is it necessary for Hashem to take things away from us to remind us how much He gives us? Is that really that's that's sometimes Hashem does that. Does it's true? Sometimes it does, and we all—I mean, especially a lot of you who are a little bit older than me—but even in, in my life, everyone, we all had times where where Hashem took things away from us. Hashem, whether it's layalina, whether it's health. Or different areas of, of Parnassa or or other areas of life. We all had times like that. And that's that's part of life. I'm not trying to take, I'm not trying to minimize any of that. But sometimes we have to think to ourselves, does Hashem need to take things away from us for us to reciprocate and thank him for what we have? That's the idea. That's what's going on here. Hashem gave the Jewish people the air the for 40 years in the midbar. 40 years. After a certain point of time, it became natural. It became desensitized. The Jewish people were desensitized. It was part of life. You needed a drink of water. The air was right there. Poured right into your cup. Beautiful. They didn't even realize they lived in a desert. And then Miriam passed away. Miriam died. And for one day, they didn't have the bear. They didn't have the spring. And it took one day for everyone to realize, wait a minute. This is an amazing miracle that God is performing for us every day. And they instantaneously jumped out and rejoiced and said, wow, thank you, Hashem, for giving us this bear this, this, this spring for 40 years. For 40 years, they never thanked Hashem. Or at least they didn't thank Him enough. And now they realize, they got it. It clicked. It's like, wow, for 40 years we took this for granted. And now, now we got it. Now we're going to thank Hashem. Now we understood. And again, for us, for the future, we should always remember this, that when we thank hashem for things hashem is in the forefront of our mind we think thinking that we wake up in the morning that our eyes work we think us that are we able to speak properly we think us that we're able to go to the bathroom like 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 normal without using uh whatever it is a catheter or something like that we think hashem that we can walk properly we think hashem even if it may not be perfect we think hashem that that we can we can live a, a life a functionality we have uh, families and different things that we can. Do. We have a we have a community. We have a wonderful cola that we're a part of. We have a whole environment of 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 kedushah, of holiness that we are we we surround ourselves in. Every single thing that we do, these are all things that we have to thank Hashem for. And if we don't, sometimes Hashem says, "I want to hear from I want to hear from my children," and like the famous. Uh, saying goes right when the father has a high school kid or, or teenage kid in israel and he has, doesn't hear from him right if he gives him a credit card he lets him swipe away he's never going to hear from his son if he gives him an allowance every month you call me and here's the thousand dollars he's going to hear from his son every month but if his son calls him every day and tells him thank you abba thank you daddy then he could have the credit card. Because the father knows that he's going to get the phone call anyways. It's only if we don't call. So let's all take the lesson of the parsha and always appreciate everything that Hashem gives us. Appreciate everything we have. And let's thank Hashem for everything we have so that He doesn't have to remind us to thank Him. Everyone have a wonderful Shabbos, amazing Shabbos. We're going to stop here.